everyone, welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. I'm Jim, sitting over there is Denver Dave and Punk Raider, and we're here to talk about the NFL. Howdy, boys. I'm sitting Good. over here, not over there. Yeah, I'm over there. He's over here. <laughs> Come on, get it right. I, I assume you're both okay then. <laughs> <laughs> both as pedantic as normal. <laughs> We go through the championship games, boys, and before that, we're going to do some news because news does happen outside of the uh, the games. Uh, first one is that new Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni has moved quickly and hired Shane Steichen to be the new offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. Steichen had been with the Chargers since 2014, going from quality control coach to offensive coordinator after Ken Wisenham was fired in 2019. Obviously, that's an AFC West hire. Um, any thoughts on Steichen and the, the Chargers' offense? I mean, for a long time, the Chargers' offense has been down to one man. Um, the only thing that happened this year is the personnel change. So, again, it mm. was down to one man. Um, that man is obviously Keenan Allen. Um, so, yeah, it's, I don't, you know, he's obviously changing role. Um Going to a different team and good luck to him. I don't. I don't think the uh, the Chargers has been a beacon of offensive quality for quite some time. They score points. He'll do fine. Yeah, yeah. The, their average per game isn't particularly high though. So no, but good luck to him. I think some stability in Philly is what's definitely needed. Yeah. Starting by changing everyone. And some wide receivers. So, next bit of news. The Lions are getting some backup for their new GM, Brad Holmes. John Dorsey, Dave, has been given the role of senior oh, personnel God. executive. <laughs> I mean... Good news for the Lions. Yeah. I mean, good news for John Dorsey, because he probably doesn't have to move house either. He's still relatively close. <laughs> I mean, John Dorsey, he, he loves a headline. Mm. Um, he loves a headline tidy. And I'm not necessarily too sure it's a good move for the Lions. Um, but good luck to him. He's, uh, I'm not massively high on him. I don't rate. I don't think he had a significant impact in uh, when he was in Kansas City. I don't think it, he did all that good when he was in um, Cleveland either. Mm. So, but yeah, you know, good luck to him. We've got some coordinator news in Detroit as well. So Anthony Lynn is going to be the new offensive coordinator after being booting up by the Chargers this season. Lynn returns to coordinator duties again, and Matt Patricia is returning to New England. It doesn't surprise me. No. Doesn't surprise me whatsoever. You, I mean, yeah, it's the golden rule: get people in that you trust. And after uh, the season that New England have had, it, 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 what, do we know what capacity he's going back in? Is he going back in as defensive coordinator? Or is I just so. always, uh, it, it kind of makes sense. Rumor. Go back to what you know. But no, yeah, Anthony Lynn going into the Lions. It's all a bit weird in Detroit at the moment because obviously there's numerous changes. There's changes in GM, changes in head coach, and a change at quarterback as well, which is. Uh, I was going to say, Matt Stafford has been yeah. traded this offseason. Stafford, who turns 33 next season, will be switched for at least a first round pick, according to the Lions. Yeah, which makes perfect sense considering that. Um, you know, some of the players who have previously gone for first round picks, um, DeForest Buckner went for a first round pick last year, Stefan mm-hmm. Diggs went for a first rounder as well. So it kind of makes sense. So, how you can possibly sniff your nose up at a first round pick when Mohamed Sanu went for a second, you know, that it kind of tells you everything. So, yeah, but I think it was a Formula One overall pick. Yeah, I mean, true, but so was Marcus Mariota and James Winston. So, you know, Marcus was a number there. two overall pick. Oh, massive difference. Price. You're right. Was Egg was on my face. That's a million dollars. What's up with No, I think it, it's, again, it's a good storyline for um, the off-season, and I hope it doesn't drag on too long before he signs in Denver. But yeah, it is what it is. It's one of those things. Mm. 
Fancy a bit of I mean, Stafford, do you, Dave? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a massive on Matt Stafford. I think he's brilliant. I think he's really, really, really underrated. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as to say he's a top five, maybe not even a top ten, but he's massively underrated. He's one of those guys who's never had a proper team behind him. He's always had good wide receivers, and he's always found yeah. them. He's had a half-decent run game at time. I mean, obviously, Megatron's the one that immediately springs to mind, but he's never really had a, a, a solid team behind. He doesn't even have to be a great team, just a solid team. There's always been massive gaps. And there's been times when he's come on the field before and he's already 15, 20 points down. And you think, for Christ's sake, you know, he's already having to run. And it's it's just one of those things where he's never had a really great team. So it'd be nice to see him go to a great team that's not in New England. I mean, it certainly wouldn't be, wouldn't, wouldn't be worth him going to Denver then, would it? If he wants well, a nice, we've... solid, good team around him, oh. it's not we've, happen, we've so. got we... right, pipe down, son. We've got a, <laughs> a lot of good pieces in place. It's just unfortunate that this is a quarterback league, and the one place we don't have is a solid quarterback. But it doesn't look as though we're going to be changing any time soon. But yeah, we've got the better wide receiver calls than you lot. Pipe down. <laughs> I didn't say we, you didn't. I just said you didn't have any wide receivers. I didn't say ours were particularly better. You got to remember. You have to remember that Cortland Sutton missed the entire season. Add him to the guys that we already had. Pff, blow, blow most teams yeah, out. Antonio of the Brown missed the entire season as well. But you know, oh my <laughs> Antonio Brown wagon. Jesus. <laughs> On for some non-Detroit news ish. Uh, despite reports, is there any that Marty Herney was the new GM in Washington? Martin Mayhew is actually the new GM, and Herney has taken an executive role. Mayhew was the 49ers VP of player personnel the last couple of seasons and was the Lions GM from 2008 to 2015. There he drafted Matt Stafford, Cliff Averill, and Duncan Sue, Darius Slay, Carl Van Noy, and Eric Ebron. Uh, May, Mayhew was also a former cornerback for the Washington football team and was a starting member of the last Washington team to win a Super Bowl in 1991. I used to work with Martin Mayhew. Uh, probably not the same guy, though. <laughs> no, probably Just not throwing the same that out there. <laughs> no. Well, Peter Mayhew was in Star Wars, wasn't he? So it's not him. <laughs> but um... Chewbacca. He's dead now. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> Always got to get a chewy growl in there. Yep. Um, yeah, I remember the 91 Redskins team. They were very good. Um, but no, can't say I, I recognize him as a cornerback in that team. I'm sure he'll do well. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he will do well when they move to a new job. Yeah. Uh, so, Dean Pease just cannot do retirement. After being the Ravens defensive coordinator for like 40 years, he was brought out of retirement by Matt Vrabel to help out in Tennessee. Now he's unretiring again to take on the task of making making the Atlanta Falcons a good defensive unit. <laughs> good what luck. Task. And then the last I mean, four coordinators. Yeah, I mean, he did all right in, in Tennessee, to be fair to him. Um, I was a bit surprised at how good their defense was this year, considering they lost Darrell Casey, they lost um, Logan Bryan as well. So, but no, they they stepped up and they were brilliant. But good luck to him, you know. It's a hell of a job, Atlanta, for defensive coordinator. Uh, last but not least, Ebermar has managed to steal Ravens defensive coach Joe Cullen over to Jacksonville. Cullen was the defensive line coach the past five years and helped develop players like Michael Pierce, Brandon Williams, and Timmy Jernigan. Cullen was the defensive line coach in Jacksonville for two years under Jack Del Rio who Punk knows very well. I remember Uncle Jack. <laughs> we all remember Uncle Jack. I think it's in Seattle now. Is it Seattle, is that? I think, it, yeah, yeah, Martin. Then I can't remember. Yep. 
Either way, there's another movie there for, for us for one season. Team together. Yeah, and we'll continue to see this. Um, what happens a lot in college, you, you have a lot more positional coaches in college typically than you do the NFL. So it wouldn't surprise me if you, they sort of follow that model of having more um, positional coaches specifically in the, uh, for the Jags this season. Um, so you're going to see sort of multiple, you're going to have a, a running back coach and a tailback coach and a halfback coach. And it's all going to be basically the same job and there's just loads of them. We're going to see all of that because that tends to be the kind of thing that sort of happens in college. So it wouldn't shock me too much if we uh, do see a few more people coming in. I'd love to be a fullback coach in the NFL. Oh, block. Just run into that it guy. Is. <laughs> it is. Or no, I'd, I want to be a punter coach. Boot it. <laughs> just absolutely punt it. Literally, <laughs> there should be some technique in punting that they don't really employ. I don't think, but that's another conversation for another day. I think it's time, boys, to move on to the championship games. And there is start... one other piece of oh, go on. one other piece of coaching news as well. Um, I saw on Sky Sports News this morning that the uh, Washington football team almost called them the other name then mm. Um, mm. that they have hired their uh, the first African American female coach. She is a backup yes. running backs coach apparently, which is also good news for the NFL, um, especially at the moment as well because the uh, number of minority coaches is declining. Um, with uh, the firing of Anthony Lynn. And um, I think now there's only three in the NFL where compared to 10 years ago, there was only three. Um, so it's good that there are some milestones going in for the NFL. Mm. Yeah, and there's going to be a female officiating at the Super Bowl as well. So, Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> Can't be any worse than the ones we saw at the weekend, Dave. <laughs> no, 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 that was a good thing. You You made the assumption because, you know, it's you. That's, that's the attitude I just know you. I just know you. Uh, right. So <laughs> let's, start, let's start with the first game of the Sunday. And Tom Brady is heading into his 10th Super Bowl contest, owing an awful lot to the Tampa Bay defense that sacked Aaron Rodgers five times and a boy call on fourth and goal by the Packers as the Bucks beat top seeded Green Bay for the NFC title on Sunday. Brady went 20 of 36 with 286 yards and three touchdowns, but also threw three interceptions. That should have been four if Will Redmond had, didn't have Collanders for hands as Tampa Bay scored the most of an 18-point lead. Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul combined for five sacks to help the Bucs hang on for their franchise record eighth consecutive road victory. It's quite a step up for a team that had one winning record in the last nine seasons. It was a great first half for the Bucs offense. On the opening drive, they converted three third downs. The last of those was a deep fade to Mike Evans in the end zone that Kevin King botched as a coverage assignment. The Packers responded with a 50-yard catch-and-run touchdown by Marquez Valdez-Scantling a couple of drives later to even the score. But a four-net 20-yard run that should have been stopped behind the line should have signaled us as to how this game was going to play out. If that was a subtle hint, the next drive had some alarms sounding as the Packers got it all the way to the Bucks' six-yard line before setting for a field goal on fourth down. When Rodgers got intercepted by Sean Murphy bunting on a marginal non-holding call, it looked like the Bucks couldn't really punish them with only 30 seconds left in the half. But with one second left, Brady targeted that goldmine Kevin King and Scotty Miller hauled in the deep pass to kick the Packers in the teeth going into the break. It's okay, though. The Packers have got the second half kickoff. Unfortunately, the Packers couldn't get 10 yards before Aaron Jones got lit up by Devin White after catching a short pass. Jordan Whitehead scooped up the fumble and got it back to the eight-yard line. Add on the head scratcher onto the list as the Packers went cover zero, allowing Cameron Brait to have one of the easiest touchdown catches of his career. Wasn't all bad, though. On the next drive, Green Bay did end up in the touchdown pass to Robert Tunyon. Then Brady went on a three-drive, three-interception run. The first one ended with a Devontae Adams touchdown, but an Equiminius sent Brown two-point drop. Jair Alexander picked Brady the next two times, 
The last one when Brady could have just taken a sack, but nope. Of course, the Packers failed to score any points for Alexander's efforts. And when the Bucks kicked a field goal to put them back up by eight, we get the worst part of the game. With just over two minutes left in the game, after three straight incompletions had the Packers facing fourth and goal from the eight, Lafleur elected to kick a field goal to mean they were only down by five. It gave the Bucks the ball back and meant that the Packers had to get a stop. A final lucky flag on pass interference and the game was done. The final score here, boys, in Lambeau was the Buccaneers 31, Packers 26. Yeah, I think I thought it was an entertaining game. Um, I don't. The, the key point in this is where you mentioned the field goal at the end. I don't think it was that bad, if I'm honest. I thought it I was, thought it was uh, dreadful. That is I don't think it's terrible. Goal. Because you've, they've got to kick a field goal and a touchdown anyway. They've got to do that. Whether it's a field goal and a touchdown or a touchdown and a field goal, they've got to do the, you know, so... If they don't convert, and I think it was like it was like fourth and seven, fourth and eight, or something like that. I know you just said it, Jim, but if you but if you're getting the ball back with let's mm-hmm. say a minute and twenty on the clock, it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to get into field goal range than it is to score a touchdown. Exactly. But so by scored. kicking the field goal there, you're actually hamstringing yourself for later in the game to actually go and tie it or win it. I just it thought the Packers shot eight. themselves in the foot. It does. It, it makes it no difference. And eight, the and play they... before was also a massive cock-up because Rodgers had so much space in front of him. He probably could have walked in for a touchdown. I agree. So, he could have walked it in. He could at least got closer on the fourth down to make exactly. it. Exactly. So it wouldn't have been fourth and eight. It would have been about fourth and three or something. So mm-hmm. At that point, know. if it's fourth and three, you go for it. It's a complete no-brainer. But as it's fourth and eight, I just think, do you know what? Okay, get get the three points and say okay we're going to live to fight another day i i get and i understand why you're saying but it's, it's the fact that they needed two scores anyway you've got just over two minutes left you're at home you're on the eight yard line you've Even got to score. they had have got the touchdown they they would never have got the ball back anyway so it wouldn't have made any difference in the long term i get in hindsight but no but at least you had a chance to tie the game up but we said it at the time. We said it at the time on the, on the group chat, didn't we? It was, yeah. you know, none of us could actually understand why they'd kicked a field goal. At that point in the game, you might as well go for it. There is absolutely no benefit to kicking a field goal there at all. I think the only thing really was the fact that the only reason they didn't go for it is because it was fourth and eight. And fourth and five or anything less, and I think they probably go for it. It's just that thing of not wanting to... Uh, hand them a mistake on, uh, hand them the game on a mistake, or hand them on a game on because you didn't do it. We'd rather get beat than lose, if that makes sense. Hey, you've got to look but, at the scoreboard. You've got to look at the clock. Even if you don't convert mm, on fourth down, they're starting on their eight-yard line. Yeah, no, I agree. I, but I don't Keep think it, I don't goal. think it was that that touchback. necessarily so lost like them starting on the twenty. I think we. We, we are getting a bit bogged down in just that last sequence of play, but I think mm. throughout <laughs> the whole game, the Packers were shooting themselves in the foot. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think I've ever seen a home team get win the turnover battle and lose in a championship <laughs> game. It's rare. Yeah, you know, it, it, it just doesn't happen. You know, if, you, if, if I, I can think of, you know, two clear interception drives where they did nothing and you know, it, I don't know what was wrong, whether it was the Flowers play calling or, you know, <laughs> Rogers just maybe improvising and wanted to do too much. I don't know what it was, but they just kept shooting themselves in the foot with bad play after bad play. Mm. I, I mean, they didn't establish when... a run game. Aaron Jones got 27 yards on the game. Jamala Williams had 23 and AJ Dillon had 17. There seemed to be an insistence on trying to force it to Devontae Adams. But of course, the Bucks knew that, and so they were double covering him most of the time. So, yeah. 
Um, yeah, and there was a couple of times when MVS was wide open. And I think there was one point Robert Tanya was wide open on the replay they showed him. And he had sort of, mm. well, put it this way, if he'd have trod on a landmine, it would have only got him. Yeah. Because um, he had so much space and he was literally wide open. I think the big mistake on this was defensively. With um, I think it was Sean Murphy Bunting, the interception just before half time. Yep. Now, at that point, I think it was 14 and 10. Okay. 14 points to 10. Yes. Now, you have to assume that the Packers would have scored a field goal on that drive if the interception hadn't have happened. So they would have gone in 14 13 at least. One of the number number one defense in the league, you have to think, okay, they probably would have got a field goal. So they go in 14 13. Instead, they throw an interception and end up going in 21 10 because after throwing an interception, almost bang on the halfway line, they then call a single high safety defensive call with one second left in the yeah. second half. And what, what historically, what does Brady do at the end of every half? Gun it every single time. Because if you intercept him in inside your own 20, so what? Mm-hmm. Every, that's, that's, yeah, exactly. every time. A single high safety coverage at the end of the first half. Are you mad? Exactly. What? But that's it's just yet another example of them shooting themselves yeah. in the foot in this game. You know, the Bucks didn't have to play particularly well. I thought the defense did play very well, actually. I thought, oh, I thought JPP they got their was schemes inspired. right. I thought, you know, JPP was all over them. But I just... I, the game was there for the Packers to win, and they just didn't want to win it. No. There were so many opportunities and just bonehead plays like like the one at, at the end of the first half on defense and, you know, with Rodgers not running. And it's, it was just a gluttony of errors. I mean, you know, to be honest, they just didn't deserve to win it in the end. No, no. I think the, the offensive scheming that was um, put in place by the Bucks was very much... It, you know, it, it was all or nothing at times. It seemed they were being ultra defense, ultra conservative rather, um, on play calling, just handing it off on. And at one point, they handed it off on a third and five. I mean, when have we ever seen a Brady team do that? But it was converted, and you're thinking, okay, you know, Brady's out there feeling something, and handing it off to Fournette, who con- who's converting medium third downs. It was I've not seen a Brady team do that before. It was weird. You know, when was the last time you saw him hand it off to Sony Michelle, Sony Michelle on third down? It just didn't happen. So there was obviously something there where he was feeling, okay, we're comfortable against this Packers team. Um, but again, there was some bonehead plays from from Brady. That 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 interception where he threw it rather than taking the sack. And I think Jair Alexander <laughs> yeah. had to stop and run back towards the ball to take it. Yeah. What is that about? Can you imagine that against that Kansas uh, secondary? That in two weeks' time. Oh, madness. And you see him go back and look on a tablet. And you're thinking, you don't need to look on a tablet, mate. You know what you did. You know you were born. You take channeling his inner Winston. Yeah, but it's the, it's the start of the second half. The other key thing was that fumble from... Um, Aaron Jones. Not Ronald Jones. Aaron Jones. Yeah, there's too many Joneses in this game. But um, yeah, that fumble was just a killer. It was an absolute... Yeah killer it really was because it just meant that any momentum that you could try and build up in the second half it I'm not, i don't want to say it was almost dead immediately but well kind of was okay he fumbled it immediately i mean it was a monster hit i think it was devon white who hit him i mean he's yeah. probably still feeling it now he's waking up in a cold sweat with devon white's face and hitched into his memory but um yeah, it was just one of those things that just killed a, a lot of momentum in the game. And the Bucks played really well. The Bucks did exactly what we thought that they could do. Um, and the Packers didn't. The Packers were just underwhelming. 
It really it just did. weren't the Packers' weather. When you look at no. how well they played the week before, to turn in a performance like that in the championship game is almost borderline criminal. It felt like the, this is actually no, this is a bit of an overstatement. So I apologise in advance, but it felt a bit like the 2019 Packers. Just do you know what I mean? A diet mm-hmm. version of what they could be. Um, it is a bit of an overstatement, and I apologise in advance, but that's kind of what it felt like because you're just like, I know there's a good team in there somewhere, but you just can't quite get there. Just never all ties it together, do they? Well, they yeah. managed one sack felt- with Kenny Clark, but that yeah. was it. Um, the one defensive performance that I looked on the, on the stat sheet and he wasn't actually mentioned, but he was epic was Vita Vea. On his first yeah, game back, 100%. every single snap, yeah, yeah. I watched him just pulverize that offensive line. He was always within him, touching distance of, of Rogers. If you were watching him on play. every snap, you must have been equally as frustrated as me with how many times he was getting held. It was well, yeah. ridiculous. But it he's was why, absolutely insane. His internal well, pressure was why Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett managed to get five sacks between yeah, the two of them. Exactly. Because because Rogers he had was, to he move just... to the side and was getting wiped by him. So... It's yeah. also because whoever that left guard was for the Packers was useless. <laughs> utter, well, they didn't have utter. Back to Yari, So they, they were missing no. their, their all pro left tackle. Yeah. But whoever was playing there is, is I'm sorry. I'm sure he's a nice guy and is everything. Billy, Billy Price? Billy Elliott. Or Harper? No, well. no, no, no. Billy Gundiff. <laughs> saw him in the. Billy Price is he looked the, bad. Um, he was, he was pre jumping the snap by looks of it to me every time last week. But Billy yeah, Price was the old Bengals guy. Wasn't it? Hmm? But yeah, no, whoever it was, Billy Price was the old Bengals guy. No, I don't think it was him because he's—I think he's a right tackle. But no, whoever it was, he was getting—he was getting run around. And there's a couple of points where the uh, the left guard was having to actually come out to help him. So you're hmm. almost having that gap internally, which JPP came through a couple of times because he was almost having to play his two tackles. We know playing tackle is harder because you've got a massive gap around the outside that you have to worry about, as well as a gap on the inside. Um, but yeah, they, they were, I mean, yeah, it, it was not a good performance and the protection just wasn't there for Rodgers, but Rodgers didn't perform either. So, no. but He had more yards, less interceptions, better overall rating than Brady. Yeah, he's the one that's going home. Yep. I just have one general moan about this game, and that was kind of the refs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, all through that game, they weren't calling anything. They were letting the receivers in the backs hand fight, and you know, it was actually worth worth watching. And you know, they let it go, and then they give that really strange pass interference call right at the end, just to just just to take the clock over enough for Brady to get his kneel downs. They gave him his first that down. Just, I was just too annoyed hey, wait, at the fourth down field goal to really care about that anymore. But it felt like it felt like a bit like yeah, when no, I know, I know what you mean. Past interference call. It was like you've already caused this. It's your fault. You've got and no I'm not even wor- yourself. And I'm not even worried so much about the fact that they called that particular one. But it's just be consistent. You know, mm. there were there during the first half there were much more egregious pass interference calls than that, and they just let them go again, mostly so, on the know, on the. I just bus, want consistency. Getting getting away with it. I mean, what about the in, interception? That looked like holding on to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely—he was pulling his shirt all over his um, shoulder pads. So yeah. you know, there's no way that you can't see that. It's not like it. I mean, you know, the Tampa Bay one at the end there—you could see obviously because it's a white shirt being pulled about three yards behind him. But you know, that that one that you mentioned in the first half is no different at all. You, 
they had to have seen it, but they just let it go. Mm. You know, I don't mind. Go one way or the other. Either be, you know, flag happy or don't throw any, but just be consistent within the same game. I think what we normally see in uh, in uh, championship games and the Super Bowl as well is the refs just want to stay out of it. Yeah, um, they try and normally, it yeah, normally the 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 things that you um, Saints fans will be uh, you know a witness to this. Yeah. Normally, the, the the calls that you see during the season are sort of you just sort of go, mm, not me. I don't want to be on the back of yeah. back of the <laughs> newspaper on this one. You, you guys carry on. Go. There's one point where Mike Evans and. Um, I can't remember the defensive back were basically were about to fight each other. The only thing they didn't throw was throw punches, but nothing was thrown, which you get a hundred percent. If you take away that one PI call, then I think you're absolutely right in that there was consistency throughout the game. Um, it's just that single one PI call. And when it was, the flag was thrown so late as well. Yeah, and it was after exactly. a wide receiver moan. It's one of my pet hates in the NFL is where a wide receiver will get, get pulled and there's no flag. He turns around, whoa, what was all that? Blah, blah, blah. And he's kind of like, go on then, you've convinced me. And then he throws it's the flag. Cricket, like, isn't it? They do the same thing there, don't they? They they scream that it's out. And then yeah. eventually the... Like, go on then, I believe you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, come on. Have it one way or the other. But I know, I agree. It was normally the the officiating in championship games is what officiating officiating should yeah, be throughout I the agree. season. Let them get on with it. Um, but in, in this game, it was only that one call. So saying we want consistency, we saw consistency for the most part throughout the entire game, <laughs> apart from that one moment. It just happened. <laughs> I mean, not you know what? If, 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 that, that, apart happened. from that, that one particular call but that that but that one call is probably if you yeah. if, if you went and the mo- spoke one to 20, 20 green Absolutely. yeah exactly 20 green bay fans today they'd be pulling their hair out of that one call i mean you know you're right if that happens in the middle of the second quarter then everyone forgets about it and you know you just carry on as you were and killed the game yeah you're right but you know whoever threw that flag has got to stand there and think oh i'm not 100 percent sure you know what i'm going to wear on the side of caution and not throw it not, not just suddenly go, oh, I've been shouted at by Mike Evans, therefore I'm going to throw That's the exact flag. reason yeah. why, though. If Mike Evans doesn't shout him, then he doesn't get a flag. And that's a fact. <laughs> End of. That is an absolute fact. This I mean, big, was, scary the, man is shouting at me. That blew it. it wasn't that. That wasn't the end oh, of the game. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree completely. Play, uh, to just try and tie the game. That... Yeah. So annoyed. The, the, let's look at some good news then. Obviously, Bucks coach Bruce Arians, whose first NFL coaching job was an assistant in 1989 with the Kansas City Chiefs, and who won two League Coach mm. of the Year awards with Indianapolis in 2012 and Arizona in 2014, will make his first trip to the Super Bowl as a head coach. So, we've got to feel good for Bruce Arians. Yes, definitely. I like Arians. Um, I don't. <laughs> you know, ever since no. that all or nothing came out it's, it, we've had differing opinions on Aaron's yeah, for me he's people, a perfect coach but... two people out of that came out badly one was uh, Tyrone Matthew and the other one was Bruce Aaron's they're the two people <laughs> who came out of that really badly Tyrone Matthew I hate after that um, Just uh, let's go off on a tangent ever so slightly he got injured and he's standing at the sideline, shouting to everyone, come on, guys, it's no longer about me anymore. It's now about you. No one was saying it was about you. <laughs> the only person saying it was about you was you. Pipe down, you idiot. Oh, he really wound me up. And every single conversation he was talking about himself in the third person. Anyway, I digress. Carry on, Jim. <laughs> Thanks. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I think it's great that Aaron's has got there. He's, he's, he's got a proper personality. He's a proper old school he's coach. A character. 
he is a he's character. a character. He's definitely a character. Um, it's just a shame that he's had to go there with Brady, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, for me, the, <laughs> for me, I'm not sure which which is the lesser of two evils. Do I want Arians to win more, or do I want Brady to lose more? I've I've got to kind of you know calm my brain into deciding what to do in a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, time, imagine so. imagine in the Super Bowl, right at the very very end of the fourth quarter, there's a pass interference call like the Rams versus Saints one that we saw not long ago <laughs> and it goes against Bruce Aarons and that play almost loses in the game he would pop on the sideline he yeah, would he's just... got some health concerns so, yeah, we've got uh, <laughs> not not in terms of health concerns just in terms of anger he would just scream at the at the umpire it would absolutely just destroy him and that is what I can't wait to say so from an entertainment perspective yeah it's great it's um, going to be two Hawaiian shirt connoisseurs on the sidelines as well. Oh, it's, mate, it's love going to be like looking in a mirror, shirt. isn't it? You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's almost like separated at birth. Ay, ay, ay. Right, let's move on to the second game then. Or should we just talk quickly about Brady? I know I don't want to dwell too much on him, but on. we have to we have to bring it up. I mean, they were seven and nine last year. Well, tuck rule. Ended up third well, in the division. And this year, <laughs> he's taken them to the bloody Super Bowl in one go. Yeah, yeah. He, it doesn't help us, does it, with our argument that he is is propped up? And at the same time, you could say he's going to give in this game. I was going to say, you you look at the actual stats and what did Brady actually do? No, mm. it was the defense and the and the Packers that won this game. All right, it wasn't go. it wasn't Brady. <laughs> you know, it was the Packers shooting themselves in the foot and the defense playing pretty well and mm. getting you know getting pressure. Um, Brady, for all intents and purposes, yeah, he connected on a few. But you know, three was it three interceptions in the end? You know, you can't do that <laughs> as a quarterback. You just can't do it. I'm assuming so, there's a better mentality though before the game, like the build-up. Yes, he 100%. must be doing something there in the locker room that obviously Jameis Winston could never have done. When the Broncos won the Super Bowl in 2016, Super Bowl 50, um, we carried a quarterback. We know that it's that's not mm, yeah you know an opinion or conjecture. It's fact. He, he is. is that. Populist consensus, consensus says he's the worst quarterback to win a Super Bowl in the modern era um, in terms of actual ability on the day. Oh, but know, DeMarcus... Well, I mean, we are talking about (laughs) the 2016. We are talking about the 2016 Manning, though. But just just, just, one second, though. Just the fact that Manning can say Omaha puts him above Trent Dilfer, I think. (laughs) Yeah, but let's not forget that Brock Osweiler also says Omaha. So, but. Um, Demarcus Weir and Aqib Tlaib, and we know Aqib Tlaib is not one to throw around uh, uh, opinions about other people lightly, and normally they're uh, negative. So positive opinions are hard to come by. And he was one of the first people to say, "Without, I don't care how badly he played on the day. Without him, we wouldn't have won the Super Bowl." Because there's that level of professionalism and trying, and that sense Big that game we know can how, do this. Isn't it? It's yeah, talking 100%. the young players through it. It's giving everyone the confidence. We've seen it a hundred times in other sports yeah. where you get a player come in who's not necessarily at the top of his game anymore, but just brings the team together in the fact that he's there and he's done it and you believe you can. Every player becomes better. Every single player. Yeah. It doesn't matter what Absolutely. side of the ball you play on. And I think that has to... It's not a coincidence that a guy who's been to nine Super Bowls and won, what, six or seven? Six. It's not a coincidence. Six. It's not a coincidence that he's won all of those in one place. Switches at the end of his career 
and first season gets them to a Super Bowl. That's not a coincidence. As much as I don't particularly like Brady and the way he does things, you have to respect it. You absolutely. I wish it was a fat bloke who ate burgers all day and not someone who had avocado ice cream and practiced <laughs> yoga five times a day. I and wish it was, you know, just this. No, you're right. You are right. And But it's also not a slight on the rest of the Buccaneers squad. You know, we've seen this squad coming together over the last two or three years. And you know, we even with Winston at quarterback, we've said that's a good offense if they had a quarterback. And, you know, as soon as they started bringing in players like Sue and that on the defense, then, you know, you, you could see they are a good team and that they were just in need of someone that wasn't going to throw 30, 30 interceptions. And, you know, that's exactly what <laughs> they've done it's... with Brady. They've, they've plugged I him agree, in. I agree, but it's also the culture change and the fact that they used to be one of the most penalized teams in the league on defense and offense, and they no yeah. longer are. But it's also, and I agree with that as well, I think it's also the fact that Brady picked this team. It's not an accident he went here. He sat no, down, looked, and went, Bucks. Because they got yeah. the... But he, he didn't go to the Chargers. The Chargers, you know, he didn't choose them for a reason. He could have done, absolutely. Mm. He didn't choose them for a reason, though. He purposely went, I like the look of the Buccaneers. I'm going to go to them. I think the people who are probably hardest done to here is Belichick and, you know, them lot at... Uh, yeah, it's them lot at the... Um, uh, in Boston. So, you know, they're now sort of suffering and everyone's going, wow, they're nothing without Brady. I'm not entirely sure there's a lot of truth in that either. They were nothing um, with Brady last year, so... Well, they got, they got to, they're very close to a championship game, not too far away from a championship game. Um, actually, no, it was wild card round they went out in. So yeah, what are you talking still about? Closer to a championship game than we got to, put it that way. <laughs> but no, we think the the, they picked a very, very good... Uh, team to be part of and it shouldn't really be a surprise to most of us looking at the roster um, that they got you know this deep in the playoffs the only surprise is the fact that they are in a what is on paper a harder conference um, than the Patriots typically have you know division division which is why they didn't win it they got through as the Mm -hmm. 50 didn't they so yeah yeah yeah. Saints won their division I think the problem for me is that they've kind of backed into this Super Bowl appearance because the Saints didn't turn up like they should have done. And now the Packers have done it as well. They've given them so many yeah. favours to get them through these games. Against Washington, they weren't very impressive. Well, no. no. Tyler Heineke almost beat them. Yeah. And didn't play a game this season. So I was uh, supporting uh, Washington significantly. I was also supporting um, the Saints, um, but now I'm all in on Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> good god you change bandwagon more than <laughs> yes i don't know absolutely. what but absolutely 100 percent. that your sixth team of the season <laughs> what was your pick just... at the what was your pick for the super bowl at the start of the season oh kansas i thought yeah. kansas would win at the beginning okay. of the season yeah no, i thought fine. it was either going to be kansas or i i fell into that trap of massively overestimating the ravens um i think a lot of people fell into that really um, but I, I said Kansas would be the favourites and it's just no how really and I, I still stick to it now I think Kansas are probably going to win it and the only reason I'm supporting the Buccaneers now is because they're playing Kansas and that's it there's no other reason <laughs> you're just picking your underdog I don't like the Buc- <laughs> I told you something though if the if the Buccaneers change their quarterback, I'm really fond of the rest of that team. I like the wide receiver <laughs> core. I love that defence it's just that one bit that's yeah. really irritating yeah, yeah. And it's avocado coloured as well. You, you kind of almost just want him to retire now at the end of this season, just to yeah, yeah. 
yeah. yeah, I'm bringing someone who's sort of a nice person. Bringing Matt Stafford. Oh, I was going to say, like Matt then. Stafford. We don't, oh, we don't need be Matt all Stafford going it. to Denver. We want him going to Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> I would be all in for that. Absolutely. I'd be a secret Bucks fan. Because their team on paper is phenomenal. It really is. Um, it's just not as good as the Chiefs, unfortunately. Well, let's not spoil the second game. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know who went for it. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to start this game review with a question, boys. When is a team that's in the lead not really in the lead? Well, when they're playing the Chiefs in the first half, of course. And lo, it happened again. The Buffalo Bills are the victims this time that naively got out to a nine-point lead with a field goal on their first drive and a touchdown pass to Dawson Knox straight after McCall Harbin screwed a punt return. The Chiefs now had to pick a player back up, though, and it was no accident that Harbin was the player to get the ball over the line on the next Chiefs drive to slash the lead down to two points. Then the 50-yard McCall Harbin jet sweep at the start of their next drive was ended with Darrell Williams rushing in a touchdown to give the Chiefs a lead that they would never give up. A Clyde Edwards-Hilaire rushing touchdown on his first game back since being injured in the regular season gave the Chiefs a standard 21-point haul in the second quarter. The Bills did manage to get the ball down the field with a chance for a touchdown just before halftime, but at a fourth and goal from the two-yard line, the Bills took a leaf out of Matt LaFleur's playbook and settled for three points. After a field goal each to start the second half, it was Tyreek Hill's turn to have a monster play a 71-yard catch and weave up the field that ended with a Travis Kelsey catch from an underarm Mahomes throw. Hopes were dwindling quickly for the Bills and Josh Allen throwing a pick into Brashard Breeland's shoulder that was caught by Rashad Fenton didn't help matters. Kelsey got his second touchdown in the game a few plays later when the entire Bills defence managed to lose him in the end zone. An Isaiah McKenzie touchdown catch and a Tyler Bass field goal offer a kick recovery in the fourth quarter gave the Bills a less painful scoreline, but this game was locked up for a long time when the Chiefs go on to defend their Super Bowl title with the final score in Arrowhead, the Bills 24, Chiefs 38. Ugh. So disappointing. Hey, your boy, that close, your boy Clyde Edwards Hilly had a monster game, though, seven yards. Brilliant, brilliant performance from him. Superb. That's all he needs. All he needs. Seven <laughs> on, yards. Is there on a touchdown on that, that stat line there as well, though? Yeah, but come on. Yeah, that was a Frank Gore special. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about that, son. Don't take, worry about that. Take out that touchdown, and it's a one-score game. This was this was very much a moments game. That's what this was, and all of the key moments were controlled by the Chiefs. That's what it felt oh. like. There, so both teams, I think, generally were as good as each other. Um, both teams made mistakes. There was coverage errors all over the place. Don't you know? Don't get me started on those. Um, but generally, I mean, there was a 70-odd yard pass to Tyreek Hill you mentioned a minute ago. I think there was a Miko Hardman end around that got 50 yards as well. Which and the amount mentioned. of times, yeah, the, the amount of times that Travis uh, Kelsey was receiving sort of 13-yard passes on the third down. To I've never seen Travis Kelsey be allowed to run so freely as he was oh my in God. this game. It was like <laughs> oh my no God. one wanted to get within 10 yards of him. It was no. ridiculous. 13 catches on 15 targets for 118 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> It's insanity. Absolutely insanity. Poison, but really, that one? Hey, if he's wow. open, you just keep going back to him. Yeah, That's exactly. the thing. You just keep going. But it was just, it was all of the big moments belonged to Kansas. That's just the way it felt. Um, and I, I finished the game. I stayed up and watched all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt a bit robbed of... Sleep? Uh, uh, no, really, because it's <laughs> kind of the par for me at the moment. Um, it's what goes with the territory of having a four-month-old child. Um, but no, we stayed up and watched the game. I just felt a bit robbed of a 
that fourth quarter moment. Do you know what yeah, we normally yeah, see yeah. in the playoffs every year? Just that that big finish, and it just didn't really happen. But it happened in sort of the second quarter because that's when I think the Chiefs put like 24 or 21 points past them or something like that. It was just yeah, that's where the game was pretty much won. So, it, But this is kind of what I've been saying throughout the playoffs and, and most of this season, to be honest, is that everyone keeps telling me, oh, the Chiefs are only winning by one score or, you know, yeah, they're not winning. the same as they were last year. They're winning. They're, they're not even getting mm. out of third gear half the time and they're winning. So I agree you know, with you 100%. That... I've been saying exactly the same thing. Look, they are winning, but they're not winning by much. So it gives me hope that they're not as good as I think they are. But they are winning, which tells me they are better than I think they are. It's just yeah, it's a and... match. They're just playing within themselves. They, they, yeah. I mean, even even that game. You know, this is the AFC Championship game. This this is supposed to be the hardest game you're going to have all season, bar the Super Bowl itself. Mm-hmm. And they just look like never look panic. You know, nine 0 down. Nope. Yeah, it's fine. We'll just come back. You know, I think what was it? First 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 drive punt, then touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Yeah, yeah, it was a long, long just... shot to Hill that he didn't catch. And you're thinking, oh, hang on. This is typical how the Chiefs start. They always start That's slow. That's right. And then, of course, yeah. it, it's the, the punt return gets uh, gets dropped by McCall Harbour and gets recovered just at the three before yeah. being a defensive touchdown. And then, of course, Dawson Knox get that, gets it up to, to nine because obviously the, the extra point was missed. But at that point, most teams, what, what 30 other teams in the league, you'd have gone... Well, they're in trouble now. It's a game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, there's, Chiefs, there's, there's, like, it's a bit there's of only nine battle. points. You, you missed an extra the Chiefs, point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're waiting for them to just jump out to a four-score lead. Yeah. There was a thing it reminded me of. Um, I want to go back to sort of 1999 or 2000 or something it, like Dave. that. And there was an interview with Mika Hakkinen. Do you remember when he was in that all-conquering McLaren? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he, he dropped down to about 14th or 15th at the Austrian Grand Prix or something like that, or Spa, I think it was. And at the end of it, the guy who was interviewing him said, were you worried when you were in 15th? And he said, no, I drive a McLaren. That was what <laughs> this game was. No, we've got Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Why, why would we worry? Yeah. And he literally deadpan. It wasn't even a joke. I mean, right. I don't think Mick Hackenden's ever told a joke, but right. he literally said, no, I drive a McLaren. Why would I be worried? He's finished, I'm so faster no. than everyone else. Yeah. I've, and that's all it was, is we've got Patrick Mahomes. I don't, well, I don't yeah. care. It's, it's, I mean, Mahomes, he's bothered. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not even convinced Mahomes had that good a game, to be honest. But, you know, he just he well, just did what was needed. I think the best thing Mahomes did really? throughout that entire game was go and talk to Hardman on the sideline when he'd made the fumble and say, don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Pick yourself up. Exactly the sort of thing Brady would have done. Maybe not Brady at 25, but Brady at 35. Um, and just, you know, pick, picked him up and I think he got the next ago. touchdown, you know? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but well, you see, you know, he didn't do well. I, I, he had 325 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a, a rating of 7.6. Yeah. So I'm not saying, saying he played badly. I'm yeah. just saying he, 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 again, it might have been his toe slightly holding him back or whatever. He just, he wasn't as improvised as he sometimes is. I'm he, kind of... he, he seemed to be playing within himself a little bit. I'm surprised that Chad Henney didn't finish that game. I fully expected yeah, to pull I... Mahomes in the fourth quarter because it was done. Yeah. I mean, they could yeah. have. <laughs> yeah, quite just... easily. Yeah. The thing that I, frustrates me as much as anything is uh, Buffalo's run game. We mentioned it last mm. week, yeah. but we also said that Singletary is fantastically talented, but they just don't use him. I mean, 
know, TJ Yeldon, who I didn't know was still in the league. I'm going to be honest. Like that's not that's not a joke. That's legit. I didn't know he was there, and he's in the championship game. I'll give you a stat. Looking at the postseason only, just looking at the postseason, in terms of run yards, they're fourth. The Bills are fourth. They're behind two teams who have both played a game less. That tells you everything you need to know. You know, there's two teams ahead of him who have played two games, and they've played three, and they're still behind them in running yards. It's they need to run the ball more. Well, they're trying to run 88 yards on scrambling. Um, but yeah, yeah the Devon for me, TJ Elden and Isaiah McKenzie got about if, under, well, got under 40, I think. Yeah, Dave, if, you are if, right though, because eventually they're going to kill their quarterback. Someone's yeah. going to get a hit on Allen when he's having to make a run just because they're not using a run game or they haven't got a run game. So, and the scary yeah. thing about that, you're absolutely right in the fact that the amount of times Josh Allen doesn't slide or take a knee at the end yeah. of his runs, mm-hmm. he, he sort of dives funny for it. He's going to end up hitting someone when their knee's coming up and bending exactly. his neck back. Or, yeah. I mean, we saw it the week before with um, uh, with Mahomes taking the, uh, I'm not sure what it was, a headlock grip thingy against <laughs> yeah. the Browns. Um but, I mean, if you look at total yards, it was Singletary and Yeldon. So I'm only looking at um, running backs. It was 32 yards because Isaiah McKenzie got nine yards on end rounds. He's a wide yeah. receiver. Josh Allen, 80 yards on. Uh, I've gone for my possessions. I can't find out, so I'm going to run. That's pretty much what he does. And it's not a slide. It's, it's a talent within itself. 32 yards on nine carries in a championship game. That's not good enough. It's how, just about, not good how about Cole Beasley, eight not... yards on a broken fibula? <laughs> I mean... Solid. Why not? <laughs> he was he the still, best receiver. He still fine. You could break both of his legs. He'd still find space. <laughs> How do you get more yards than Stephon Diggs? I guess they were just double teaming Diggs the entire game. So. Diggs, oh, Diggs, Diggs was completely just out of the game entirely. They just couldn't manufacture the space for him. If it had been the other way around, we've seen it a hundred times. A hundred times. Where you've got your best receiver who's got nine guys draped all over him. It looks like mm-hmm. a clothes rack. All of a sudden, you've got, you know, some guy who you've never even heard of. He went undrafted in fantasy. That guy suddenly has 120-yard games and four touchdowns just because he's got no one on him. We saw it with MVS. Marquez valdez Scantley's in the first game, got a touchdown. You know, if um, Equiminius and Brown would have uh, got the two-pointer, if he could actually catch. Yeah. That's what happens. Devontae Adams has three guys on him. He has a safety looking at him, two, you know, a cornerback and probably a free safety on the end of the round or a nickel corner looking after him. And all of a sudden, another guys wide open we didn't see that with buffalo at all no their second best receiver in the the season gabriel davis had no catches because of that no targets in the entire game (laughs) what was happening there and also just very quickly on on defense my vita vera award for this game goes to chris jones constant pressure but only one qb hit registered but damn he was everywhere on every play yeah and and stopped (laughs) josh allen from getting even more yards on the ground yeah, you can't. You can't, so a lot of teams against Josh Allen play uh, single single man coverage. What's with what's called uh, a rat sneak. So it's a guy who basically spies the quarterback and goes and hits him. Mm. Um, and you can't really play that against Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson because and same as Kyler Murray actually because they just run by or beat the first man. But their rat sneak was their defensive front man, Chris Jones, <laughs> and it was just like wow, you're not going to beat Chris Jones a lot of the time on a one on one. So it, it completely nullified that threat. And of course, what it also means is you're not having to play uh, single high safeties. You can now afford to still play two safeties and protect it over the top. Which, as Brett Coleman said during the week, was how you beat Buffalo by covering two, uh, two high safety. I didn't know that, but I'm so happy that Brett Coleman agreed with me. Oh, Genuinely, go, I've not seen the video yet. 
We'll take ah. your word for it. <laughs> I can show you right. It's, it's unread on my uh, on my phone. I can show oh, there you. There you go. There you I go. suppose the only the only the only downside really for for Casey coming out of this game is that Eric Fisher got an Achilles injury, and mm. probably from the sound of it, looks like he'll probably miss the Super Bowl. Oh, there's um, no way. He's obviously, obviously not being a Chiefs fan girl, um, I've no idea who their their backup left tackle is going to be, um, <laughs> but that could be an interesting one against JPP and and so on and so forth. It, both offensive I mean, lines are going to have a tough game. Yeah. Is Eric Fisher all that special? I know he was a former number one pick and yada, but is he that good, really? I know Mitchell Schwartz is brilliant. He's a right tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Eric, Eric Fisher, Fisher is consistent. Right. No, he's been consistent. He's consistently top 10 for the last 10, 12 years. So, yeah. you know, he's he's kind of like Joe Thomas. You know, he's he's, he's that no, Joe Mr. Thomas consistent. Yeah, no, but he's Mr. Consistent. He's he's never going to let you down. You've got your left tackle there for 15 years. You just leave him be. You, the you've amount never of times, got concerns though, about Fisher. The amount of times that, because I've watched the Chiefs, obviously, against the Broncos, the amount of times we beat uh, Eric Fisher around the back, I've naturally assumed he's just a bit, crap because i don't watch the chiefs an awful amount except in the playoffs and when the broncos play them no you're just and the amount of times we've beaten him but we've not been able to get to mahomes because he's a slippery little fish the thing, uh, the thing to remember for you guys though is that like tampa bay and and uh, other teams you've actually got some pretty quick good outside linebackers and pass but, rushers so saying that in know, th- this season Malik Reed gave him hell but that might just be one game so I, I'm going from a small sample size Martinez um, Rankin like, is the backup left tackle okay. I know less than nothing about him he's um, Isaiah Rankin's cousin former Sheffield United striker <laughs> he's absolutely <laughs> not absolutely but, uh, you don't know. You don't know that. You don't know that. You didn't know Derek. You didn't know Deshaun Watson twice removed. Yeah, yeah. you didn't say that. You didn't know that Derek Watson's Derek Watson's real name was Deshaun, or vice versa. Deshaun Watson's real name was Derek. You don't know. You don't know. Ay ay ay. Yeah, it was a bit of a shame, really, because we were hyping up this game. We we know the the Bills have had a great season, and there weren't too many weaknesses in that team, but. It just felt like they they reached the end of the road. There, there didn't seem to be enough kind of impetus in that game, and they didn't seem to be able to figure out how to beat the Chief. And they settled for field goals too often. Yeah, they 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 just never got momentum. It was it was kind of the first five minutes. You sat down, and like you said, and it was very much a oh hello, we've got a game on here. And then the Chiefs just cranked it up and and ran away from them. I think the Bills, you know, they are a young team. They'll get better. Mm-hmm. Um, They'll they'll be around for a few years, I would expect. Um, injuries prevailing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think I think this is about as far as they could go. I mean, I know Dave jumped on the bandwagon to get them to the Super Bowl and so on and so forth, and so did a lot of other people. You know, they saw that run they went on at the end of the season and thought, oh, you know what, they can do some damage. But I think it's always I... going to catch up with them. I think they're always just that that step below two or three other teams, and mm. you know. I think the the thing is I've I've been high on the Bills all season just because I've thought that they've had a good defense and I'm I am a, a Josh Allen fan. Um I think the problem really is that you know, as you say, they reach sort of the end of their line. It's kind of when you see again, I'm gonna use a boxing analogy, it's where you see a guy who will win win domestic titles and win he'll win sort of interim world titles and that, but when he comes up against the big guys, he just hasn't got enough to to get a proper WC, WBC belt or, you know, he's just 
that level below. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, that, (laughs) Only one team can be happy at the end of the season. That's the problem. You know, the NFL isn't, there's not five titles. There's not a WBC, WBR, IBF, IBF, IBO, IBA. It's none of that. It's just one title and that's it. So that, that's that's the big problem. Um, when you but talk I'll about the what, Bills... Though, I mean, the AFC are going to be stacked for years to come. It's oh, going to be we're, so I, hard to get through I wish the, the Broncos. I wish the Broncos were in the NFC. <laughs> Tell me about it. Can we it. swap? Can we trade? Just, just for the next few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, looking at the Bills, though, you mentioned they're going to be around for a while. I mean, Kansas is going to be around for a while. Forget, yeah, you yeah. know, park that for one yeah. second. Um, the Bills are one of the few teams this year which are which are eligible to carry over cap to next year. So the only way you can carry over cap, um, again, I was being nerdy and looking at this, you can only carry over cap which hasn't been used for the entire season. So if you've got a left, if you've got a left tackle who played one game at the beginning of the season, he gets injured, goes onto IR, and fifty million is re- released for you to then be able to. Spend. You've already used it at some point in the season, so you can't carry it over. They're carrying over close to four million next year, so their salary cap is almost going up where a lot of other teams aren't. Um, and they haven't paid the quarterback yet. The quarterback's still on a pittance; is seven million next year or something like that. Seven million for a quarterback blows your mind so he's still on a rookie deal and they're looking decent on the cap next year they've only got three four players over 10 million so yes this team can stay together and maybe they can even add a few extra signings on his well there's going to be obviously player turnarounds um and people like ed oliver and tremaine edmonds might start making noise soon and want new deals as well but Generally, it's. I think. I think you are right in the fact that it's now the turn of the Bills in that division, and they are perfectly capable of making the playoffs potentially. I don't want to say for the next five years, but I don't see much stopping them because even, you know, the Dolphins look fantastic. But I think there's room for both teams potentially have a run, especially with the extra wild cards. But I think for me with the Dolphins, it's a question of was this season a one-off? I'd be really interested to see what they do next season, um, especially if they're keeping Tua as their starting quarterback, and he I, plays the whole season rather than yeah. just you know coming in halfway through and then getting spelled out. But no, I think you're right. I think I I I, I can't see the Bills having too much problem. I mean, obviously the Patriots will always loom in the background in their division because while Bill Belichick's there, let's be honest, he's going to put a team together. Yeah, I think I think the Patriots this year had the most players that just sat out because of COVID. So you know they they've, well. they've got all those to come back, um, and you know Bill's Bill. He'll he'll figure something out, and yeah, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Stafford ends up there. You know, oh, so okay. he won't go there. <laughs> Why would he go there? Why would he not go there? I I would. Throw to. Don't work with one of the best coaches games ever seen no, why not if, you, if you go there you you go there and you go look I'll, i will come and sign for you but i want pieces i yeah, want you exactly. i want i want the pieces i want people to come go and get kenny Golladay. he's my wide receiver he's on a free go and get him and that would be the only way he's going to go there. he's not daft matt stafford's not daft he's going to go there and say i want pieces i want people for you i want people to throw out. i want a good tight end as well i want this i want that that's the There's only way other place he can go that already have those those things in place they don't need to go to yep freezing cold Boston and, and promises freezing cold maybe. Detroit. They, they've never it's really touched the boat. He's already moving Detroit. from Miami, is he? Yeah, he's already moving from Miami. It's not as though he's, you know, moving <laughs> the up dome. the country. <laughs> he's in a bloody and, dome. Hey, 
it's still going to be bloody cold in that dome. I'm telling you now, it's still going to be cold. Yeah, and no one in there, it will. <laughs> and let's not forget, let's not forget, you know, he plays in Minnesota, Green Bay, and Chicago yeah. three times a season. So he's not living the life. That's why he wants to go and live the life. He, San Francisco strikes me warm. As a, strikes me as the kind of guy who'd love a bit of altitude, if you ask me. <laughs> but no, I think I think the Bills themselves are in a great position. Um, and the, the only thing to mention with the the Dolphins that we that you sort of scored on a second ago is they're picking up they're picking really high in the draft because mm-hmm. of uh, that Texans pick. Wouldn't if they're going to stay with Tua, that is for sale. That's got a massive, yeah. great, big whopping for sale sign. Makers an offer. Makers a stonking offer. <laughs> and that wouldn't surprise me if you know one team just comes in, falls in love with someone, and they end up getting three first five seconds over the next 10 years someone's going to mortgage the farm they They've really got are two I know you picks can't... in the first round already why do they need to mortgage no, the I know, right? they can get whoever no, they no, no 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 what i'm saying is they can mortgage the first pick get even more because they draft phenomenally well especially low down so it makes sense they go rather than picking you know picking up someone like panay soul or something like that they could probably yeah, go down to four or five and, um, you know, still pick up a guy that they're in love with. So, yeah, it wouldn't, sh- it wouldn't surprise me if there is a massive for sale sign on, on that uh, <laughs> on that, on that pick that they've got. Well, we'll talk about the draft, obviously, after the Super Bowl. Um, but we do know now the order down to number 30 in the, in the draft. Uh, we didn't do this after the divisional round, but, um, yeah, the Jags have the 25th pick thanks to the Rams. The Browns are picking 26th. The Ravens picking 27th. The Saints are picking 28th. The Packers are now going to be picking 29th. And the Bills are picking 30th. So that's how uh, the two games shook out there for the uh, for the draft. Packers pick ahead of the Bills for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and then it's going to be obviously Bucks or Chiefs in 31 and 32. I think Not it sure goes on the strength, strength of schedule. Um, yeah, you that. yeah, but then in the second round they flip round the other way. So um at sixty one are the Bills and sixty two are the Packers. Right. Okay. So those are the two games, boys. Anything else you want to mention on these games about the, the two teams that are out or anything else before we sign off? I think the perspective is different. So, you know, Packers fans will look on their season as petered out to a bit of a failure where mm. Bills fans can still afford to be a little bit um positive in the fact that they'll say well we didn't get where we wanted to we lost to probably the best team in the nfl but we can still be really positive about this season and i think that's something that will last going into next year um they lot they're both lost but they lost in different ways the only thing i'm not sure at the moment is to why there's so much um speculation as to why Aaron Rodgers is going to be leaving green bay i he's I, not no, he won't be no i hundred I, I don't get it Really be there's a throwaway comment after the, the game, though. so there's no way. There's no what, way. What was the comment? So Mr. Expensive. He said after the game that a lot of the players aren't going to be there next season, so nothing's sure. Even me is what he said, and of course they jumped on that and went, "Oh, not even maybe not him as well." Oh. He's already come out today and said <laughs> that I can't see any reason why I won't be here next year or next season. They didn't say he definitely would. Of course, there's 30 million reasons why he will because yeah, the exactly. Packers aren't going to release yeah. him and take 30 million cap hit. So, you know, you're, you're right about gonna... the, the optimism for the Bills, they have got a, a bright future. I think the, the ceiling is higher for the Dolphins, but for the uh, in terms of the Packers, they outdid 
everything I expected them to do this season after what they did in the draft and all of the rumors coming out about the um, the headspace that Rogers was in. They completely outdid expectations for me anyway. And to get to the championship game, I know that they like losing in the championship game. That's that's four now they've lost in the last seven <laughs> seasons. But to even get there and to be the favorites going into it and to be the team that kind of blew it, I, I think that you know, to have that situation there. Um, yeah, but, I mean, let's not, let's, not forget, like, to do. let's not forget though, the season before they were a 13 and three team. You know, it's not as though it was completely unforeseen. And as you say, they got the it's championship. They were thirteen games. and three. <laughs> exactly. So how can you? They basically replicated what they did the year before. But you said it wasn't expected. It was exactly expected. We expected the the Packers to be good. Hey, they looked worse after the draft. I expected it because I had them winning the division. In my exactly. I think it was one hundred percent expected. It absolutely was expected. And it's when people say, oh, the year before, yeah, they were 13 and three, but they were a rubbish 13 and three. That's like going, <laughs> no you're the, thing. that's like you're saying, you are the poorest out of all the billionaires. Oh, yeah, let me exactly. cry into my thousand dollar bills, will you? <laughs> I'm still a billionaire. Who cares? If someone, if the Broncos go 13 and four next season, because it will be seven games. games. Yeah. Yeah. If they go 13 and four, you lot can slag me off. You lot are rubbish. I'm like, <laughs> tell me about care. it. Yeah, we won exactly. 13 games. I couldn't exactly. give a monkey's toss. They still you know won what? I games. genuinely can't remember the last time we won 13 games. 2001? 2002? Oh, in, the, in the same season. We've not won 13 games in the last five years. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> <laughs> I can predict, Dave, we will not be saying that to you at the end of the next season. Well, you know. Worry. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying that <laughs> the Broncos are not going 13 and 4 next year. <laughs> Depends who our quarterback is. I mean, I know exactly who, who it's going to be. I know but... exactly who your quarterback is next year. Yeah. Number three. There was a, yeah. What can I say? <laughs> I've got no argument to that. <laughs> what I am interested to see, though, this is on a somewhat of a side note, is there any, what's what's the rumours coming out of Raiderville? Are you lot sticking with Derek Carr? Because that's a big old storyline, I think. Mr. Mediocrity. Not, well, it's... you're not going with Mariota. We know that. That's, that's a given. No, that's it's it's not going to be Mario. It's a, who knows, you know. The the joy of Gruden is sometimes that he'll make a really sudden knee jerk decision and throw Derek Carr under the bus and go and get somebody else. Matt Stafford, for example. Oh, I hope it's not Matt. But... Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope it's not if Matt. Matt Stafford. Goes after to after Vegas. the amount of love you've shown Matt Stafford today, I'm I'm going to start rooting for Stafford to come to the Raiders. <laughs> I, the thing is, I've honest. been a massive Stafford fan for a long time, and I've always oh, said uh, he is so underrated. Really, I, I, is I draft team. him every single year in fantasy. Yeah, for that he's exact brilliant. reason that no one else picks him up, and he'll always score me points. And you get him in like that like, round. 14 as well yeah, or something. Exactly. Or something. exactly. Yeah, no, I, I'm a massive Stafford fan. I think he's absolutely brilliant. And, you know, last season, they, they I think, what, they four and two, four and one or something like that. Stafford got injured. They ended up with David Blau yeah. Yeah. and uh, JDTD. And, you know, the season just completely fell apart. So, and I cannot believe, I mean, it's such a John Dorsey thing to do. I know he's not in charge, but for the purposes of this conversation, he might as well be. It's such a thing to do. You just get rid of your franchise quarterback, the guy who is the best player offensively that you have by miles, and you agree within a week that, to trade him. It is utter, utter madness. Um, I've got a, I've got a massive fun spot for, uh, for um, Detroit, but 
Yeah, I'm not sure now. <laughs> it really, really is just an absolute. There's a lot of teams. I was going through it. There's a lot of teams that need a QB next season. Yeah, yeah, he's got his options open. Um, I think the most sense for if I was him, I'd I'd be going straight to Indianapolis. You're not moving far. You're still close to your family home. You've got a great roster, and they have got cap room to burn. They're yeah. carrying over oh, like 140 million or something stupid like that. They're carrying over massive amounts. It's insanity. Yeah. If, if I'm Matt Stafford and I'm going anywhere, it's Indianapolis. Yeah, because I'm playing indoors again. In play on the I don't have to worry about it. I've got an O line in front of me. You know, all right. I might want them to go and pick up one more big wide receiver or something, but I've got a running game. I've got yep. a good defense. You know, to me, to me, that's that's Solid if got the option, that's the no-brainer. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, we'll see. So we'll be back we next will. week uh, to preview the Super Bowl. But until we're we not going to talk about the other... greatest week of the season, Pro Bowl week. Uh, no. Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> is there a Pro Bowl this year, or they just do the skill games or something? I don't even know. I really like the skill games. I really, really like the skill games. I like. I like the Pro Bowl games. I don't. I, I've no idea Dance if they're monkey. actually playing a game or not. No. <laughs> don't worry about that. We're not going to care about it anyway. But make sure you're following us on Twitter at Jim and the King at Denver Dave Thirty at Punk underscore Raider, Jim and the King dot com for all the stuff. Make sure you're subscribing and everything. Until next week, boys. I've been Jim. That's been Denver Dave. That's been Punk Raider. And thank you so much for listening. Yeah.